Hi, and I'm the alarms over the IEL camp, ass. except it's right. not. I'm like, it's me as Bjorkland. Watch out, everybody. Yeah. Like, there are forsaken coming. Well, I don't think it's daylight. I think it's and like. Hello, I am a very, very happy birthday this week belonging to Daylin. Happy birthday, Daylin. I think it's just there. I don't think, like, he does a lot of leg. I mean, there's probably leg work done. Happy birthday, Matt probably has, like. Happy birthday, my name is See, I think Matt's got, like, we're back. We're back. Cats. We yeah, took a little bit like, of a break. Like, we were I here. I feel like Rand's got some like horse touch legs, and go, like, but mm, we now exist yeah, uh, in a postseason like, one wheel of time. But Matt, I was like, yeah, he's world. got some like he's got. We got calves, yeah, we we took a couple abs. of months on a hiatus, ass. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and triceps. Let's catch everyone yeah. up. What, what have we Matt has? I almost happened since the last recording of our of our usual podcast. Let's see here. I recently saw TikTok. Also, Rand is described as having I did that between the last episode yeah. and this one. I started getting into Ted Lasso and nice. also minor spoilers. I uh, played like 20 minutes of the new Guardians <laughs> That's of the legit game. described. It's hairless. I Resident uh, Evil Village on hardcore mode. Oh my god. I'm them. a little baby bitch um, about it. Like, so I I'm kind like, of like, oh wow, I actually did that. It's the third highest a bit uh, difficulty rating. Oh yeah, are you going to do is super hard? Village of Shadows, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I got new talent representation cheers to that cheers to that man i guess not a lot's happened no I, nothing it, like, it was a short hiatus we, yeah I, I didn't write a book or anything <laughs> i got a hundred pages into my fantasy book oh, draft yeah good work hell thank yeah thank you but uh yeah we're back after a small hiatus yeah. and living in a post wheel of time series world uh if you want to hear our we did a we did a, a breakdown a bit right we did a we did a couple yeah, we have it. a episode coming up. We did a season rehash with uh, Jess, the Amarlin seat, and Master of the Deck, which was so fucking fun. Oh, it was great. I, I love them. Uh, th- thank you for coming on if you guys are listening. Yeah. And, uh, if you're not them and listening, go check them out. They are fantastic. Yes. And we also have a really fucking funny episode uh, with Eric's girlfriend, Amy, who is a never reader, never watcher, doesn't really read fantasy. And we just kind of like introduced concepts and terms to her and asked her to kind of like guess what they were. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It's a super fun episode. Uh, my buddy is getting into the Wheel of Time now. You remember, nice. you, you know Tyler, you remember Tyler, right? Yes. Yeah, he uh, got the first three books and he's been watching uh, the show and yes. he's getting into it. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll get him on sometime. Yeah. My friend Michaela also is has seen the show. Oh, nice. And so I just watched the season finale with her, and I went, oh, it's even better the second time around. I think experiencing someone experience the Sean Chan for the first time. Oh, it's good. I, I like what they do for them in the show. Oh. It's great. The, like, I almost thought, like, it was the Maori, uh, like, the New Zealand uh, oh, the face paint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they're going... They they always came off as, like, Chinese-coded or, like, Asian-coded in the books. Mm-hmm. So I think there are some Asian cultures that do the uh, tattoos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew the Sean Chan were coming, but I think how they were presented was so cool and so just, like, what? Yeah. Like, they don't have the bracelet or the uh, Adam. The like the gags. Yeah, like the muzzles. And yeah. Stuff. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to season two. Same. Uh, looking even more forward to this episode. Yes. We're covering 
chapters. We're doing this one as a bit of a big, yeah, long this... cut, right? Yeah, this is going to be... We, or are we doing individual episodes? Uh, so uh, this is going to be our big boy episode. We're going to do um, chapters 21 to 30. We will go five chapters. We'll take a little bit of a break. We'll... We're in, back. In, insert our ads. Yes, and then we <laughs> will finish up the episode with uh, chapters twenty six to thirty. Right on, right so on. I think it's best to just uh, dive right on in. We have um, we have some things to talk we about. Got, we got discuss. some ground. We got some ground to cover. Yes, and so we are going to start that ground covering with uh, chapter twenty one, the gift of a blade. The chapter symbol is the rising sun of Kyrian. So, initial thoughts. Yeah, uh, you know what? Up until this point, uh, both in this chapter and the spread of chapters, um, I kind of wrote off Avienda for a mm. little bit. I really thought she was going to be pretty secondary, pretty, you know, there, but not necessarily a, a group of the core uh, characters. You yeah. know, kind of the, you know, the Emmonsfield Five and then Moraine plus Lan is kind of like my core set of characters. I, yeah. Uh, but Avienda is like... She's doing some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's becoming a bit of a player. She's making her presence known a little bit more. And I'm trying to think... Um, okay, so no, it's I wasn't thinking... Uh, this is the wrong chapter I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. No, but um, I like... Um, what I really like about this is... We're getting eerie foreshadowing a little bit with... Um, when... Egwene and Avienda catch up to Rand. It's a little bit after Yangai Pass. Um, we get a theme almost with uh, Rand's character. Um, oh, actually, something I really want to talk about first is, before we get back to Avienda, the interaction that Rand has with Asmodian. So the tents are being set up, camp is being set up. He's speaking to Asmodian and... Asmodian says, you didn't, uh, like, ward my tent. And Rand goes, I'm beginning to trust you now. I'm trusting you like a brother. You're on parole. And something really interesting, he says, Rand looked back over his shoulder. I trust you like a brother. Until the day you betray me, you have a parole for what you've done. In return for your teaching and a better bargain than you deserve. But the day you turn against me, I will tear it up and bury it with you. Asmodian opened his mouth, but Rand forestalled him. This is me talking the tale. Rand Althor. Two rivers folk don't like people who try to stab them in the back. The fact that he clarified, this is me, Rand Althor. We're starting to see, and he even says it a little bit more of, um, he can't let Asmodian know he's fighting with a dead man inside of him, with the memories of Luz Theron. And we see it, those memories start coming up. So, do you think this is going to become Luce Theron is going to take over more? Or what do you think is kind of the future with that? You know, I think, because we get a bit of this, and uh, I'm, I'm jumping the shark a little bit, but I, I, yeah. won't, I won't too much. I think it's happening in the next chapter anyways. But uh, in the spread of chapters, we get a little bit of, you know, Matt kind of glimpsing into his, like, you know, uh, his battle proficiency and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily Luz Theron inside of Rand right now, and he's going to come out and kind of, like, share Rand's body as a vessel. I think it's going to be a bit more... Hmm, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's kind of in the same style where, you know, Robert Jordan will kind of paint the picture of the memories in the past. Right. So I think we're going to get 
kind of more of Luz Theron's story in the past and kind of how the parallels are happening again with Rand in the present. Okay, so like sort of flashbacks. Exactly. Like more more of a glimpsing. We're going to get more of the story with Luz more yeah. than Luz is coming out in the present day as we know it now. That, that's, that's what I think. But <laughs> either way, yeah, I, so I think that's kind of what we're going to get because I think it's it's kind of that concept of like, you know, it's all of time is like a circle, you know, and everything is kind of like happening and, you know, it's not just about the beginning, it's about a beginning and right. there's so many of those. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the mm-hmm. wheel of time. You know? There's a lot of things happening in tandem and, and if you limit yourself to them only happening in one point of time, you only get so much of the story. Yeah. So that's what I believe. Cool, cool. And I really like, so there's a moment with uh, Gwaine and uh, Rand and Avienda where Egwene tells Rand, this isn't, what happened at Yangai Pass is not your fault. I feel like we're really starting to get the theme of Rand putting the blame of things out of his control on himself. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we've seen it in the past. I think there is this very, I'm the Dragon Reborn, this is my responsibility. And it's like, that Mm -hmm. is not a good thing to have. That's not a good mentality. Yeah, we even saw it before he knew anything about being the dragon or or any of that when, hell, even in the first book when he's dragging Tam back to town and, you know, he feels like he he can't do it, like he's, you know, tired and he blames himself more than the Trolloc that actually hurt Tam. So I I think there is a bit of a taking it upon himself that is a, a very detrimental character flaw we want to go hey it's okay like i think he's so afraid to fail and Mm -hmm. i think that's another parallel Mm -hmm. with him and Egwene. yeah i think that drives them in separate ways i have a whole Egwene discussion when we get to our chapter but um so um avienda rides up ahead and she finds like a poisonous snake in rand's tent and she killed it and rand's like dude why didn't you just use the power and Avienda's like, you know, they don't let me, but I can feel a strength inside of me. And I know we're jumping ahead. We're very much jumping ahead. Do you think Avienda would be a candidate for the Rebel Tower on Merlin Sea? Oh, shit, yeah. Are you kidding me? Because I, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But a big piece of it is, you know... You know that that uh that persuasiveness about it is we should join Rand's side. Yeah, Rand doesn't like people with agendas. You know he's keeping his distance from Moraine right now, yeah. so he's not gonna trust any you know established Sedai. Oh yeah, but a friend, you know, a person who's given him gifts. Yeah, and kind of making that personal connection. Absolutely, I, I think we're getting. We're getting to the point where Rand is assembling his personal guard. Yes. And not really trusting anybody else. And we've seen in the past, he is very capable. He is maneuvering politically. He's a very, yeah, I think whether it's Taviran or not, I think he has, he's starting to get what it means to be a leader Mm -hmm. in a sense, Mm -hmm. but not, he, it's like him and Perrin have that parallel of they, need to understand what it truly means to be a general, to be a leader, yeah. to have to, to, you can't save everyone. Yeah. Like Perrin had that arc as leading the two rivers boys, Perrin and his puppies. Man, you know, sad. Yeah. Um, poor, but poor one out for the pups. So, uh, we learn that, uh, Matt and, uh, this girl, Melindra, they're like, 
I think every, they're trying to set them up. Like, I love the scene where Avienda goes, yeah, I think she's going to teach Matt how to sing. And then she explains what it means to Rand. And I still went, what? <laughs> and I guess it just means, like, she's going he's gonna, to she's gonna make him act foolish. So Rand gets a gift from Avienda as to um, kind of remove the debt between them. And it's right. King Layman's sword. And Rand, in a very polite way, goes, this is fucking ugly. <laughs> but he goes, okay, I'll take the blade, but you can have, like, the hilt and the scabbard. And Avienda's like, I don't want this shit. I just God want them to, like, hot potatoing it back in. Seriously. Um, yeah, and, you know, I so I was wondering about this, because I don't remember if we got any Aeol-centric specific things about this. But they're all about debts and life debts and stuff. Yeah. And does that just go into their code of honor with? It with goes go into Gito. Yeah. Gito. Gito. Yeah. 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 It it all ties into that, and okay. so it's a it's. I think Robert Jordan made it a little complicated on purpose because we are also in Rand's shoes, mm-hmm. Rand and Egwene's shoes, like learning about this culture where it's just like, yeah, if you walk forty five degrees. <laughs> towards the sun on a Wednesday at 4.47. Right, in the law. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, how? Toe, what? And I will say, you know, for any, uh, any, you know, would-be writers out there, or writers in general, this is why I prefer the unreliable narrator all the time. I prefer a personal POV because it's so easy to show a culture from a realistic point of view rather than just a you know, textbook kind of way. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because we get to see the characters react and grow with it. So I actually think that Rand is um, learning and he's growing with the Aeol as he travels with them a bit. I think he's understanding a bit more, even if he doesn't quite get it yet. Yeah. I think we're getting some of that. And I think, uh, you know, as prickly as Avienda is, mm-hmm. I think there's something deeper going on with her. I think so. I, I think there's some stuff that we don't know about yet, either from her as a character or the Aiel as a culture or yeah. the history of her and the Aiel that we're going to become privy to. And that's why, you know, I, I said at the beginning, she's becoming a, a core member at yeah. this point to me because there's definitely some some tells here that we're going to get a lot more about her stuff. And it's really interesting, the, even the sort of parallel with her relationship to Rand versus, like, Gaul's relationship to Perrin mm-hmm. in the sense that while... Rand is the Karakarn. He is a prophesized hero. Perrin does have some leverage over Bane and Chiad and Gaul. Not a lot, but there is... He needs to learn about Aeol customs, Mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. It's like, Gaul would probably just be like, yeah, sure. And meanwhile, Avian is like, you dumb fucking bitch. (laughs) How do you not understand the concept of Wagga Wagga? Uh It's like, oh, or like... When she's describing uh, the wedding between the wise ones, uh, where they're like, right, they are surrounded by uh, their family members holding spears and they have to fight to get to them. What's not to understand? It's like, I, there's so many questions. You fool, Randall Thor. It's like, I, what? Yeah, so I think, we're, I think we're getting more of that. I think it's going to serve into the... Uh... The larger story, and, and also this kind of Aiel allyship we got going on. Yeah. A lot of forces at work here. Oh, yeah. And we see the force at work with Rand as he uh, wards the camp with his fat man. Is I think it's a Sangriel or Terangriel or Angriel. It's an Angriel. Prefix to be determined. Oh, shit. You know what I just realized? What? We're a book club. 
we're drinking. We did not talk about what we're drinking tonight. Fuck. Damn it. I have to leave now. Um, so, I did not have enough gin to supply us both. So, I got us a lovely bottle of Josh red wine. We are both on uh, cup two. Um, and so, uh, if you like Josh, go to josh.com, uh, promo code, oh yeah, bud, 15 for 20% off at checkout. That's oh yeah, bud, 15 for 25% off at checkout. <laughs> they really fucked up with their coupon code. No, they didn't for, actually. For, for, for just not making the number the same percentage off. Yeah. And you really word. have to be able to type that out phonetically. It's a lot. <laughs> Oh yeah, there, bud. Uh, it is. It is. It's a lovely one and a lovely I, pick. Good pick. I feel like I was like college was my. I love white wine. Red wine is meh, and I've slowly been progressing into uh, red wines. Oh, it's a renaissance. So I started out as a, a red wine drinker, and uh, I'm still not much of a white. So I, I like white wines in the summer. You know, I love a. I love a spritzer. Ooh. Uh, so definitely when the weather gets. Even hotter here in Southern California than it is right now. It is spritzer. We'll, we'll do some spritzies. But I only just like a tiny. Um, just tiny. Uh, anyways, <laughs> forgot to mention the drink. Wanted to do that here. We are doing we red to, wine. Before we got too far. All right. Um, yeah, um, so he wards the camp with his sighing reel. Yes. And... Which I yeah. love for him. Love it. Good for her. Look at her. He's, he's, you know, he's becoming proficient at that stuff. He is. So, um, he wards the camp and the, uh, cue that anything is going wrong or that a shadow spawn is approaching are bird noises, uh, depending on the region on which they are there. He says the only reason it doesn't, uh, do that for Forsaken or the, uh, like, shield isn't any stronger, it would attract a male Forsaken like that. So he's kind of, like, playing it safe. The chapter ends with Matt, uh, the discussion of Matt learning how to sing, and all this is happening, uh, Avienda's changing for bad, and Rand's, like, firmly, like, turned away, like he will not get hard on this day in this tent. There will be no tent in this tent. Oh my god, there will be no boner. There will be no boner in this tent. Boner? I hardly even know her. Oh my god. Wah, wah. Um, Kalendor will not be making an appearance, reappearance. <laughs> um, so that brings us to chapter 22, Bird Calls by Night. The chapter symbol is a trollic. Ah, oh, does that mean, ah, oh, some bad stuff happening? Oh, this yeah. chapter? What? Some... <laughs> what? <laughs> Eric didn't even... Eric fully does not read Wheel of Time. He's just here <laughs> for the alcohol. <laughs> I just show up and I get told what's happening. Uh, no, I... Before I even turned to the new chapter from the old chapter, I was like, oh, he's warding the place for... Make sure things don't come, huh? I bet you they're gonna... Oh, shit. Yep, there it is. Yeah. It's... I don't... You know what? It's, it's a very it's, good Gilligan cut of like, <laughs> I hope nothing happens. Something it's like um it's the perfect thing of it happens a little bit later on where Min is like I'm sure the discussion with Swan and the others is going well and the first thing in the new chapter is y'all fucking suck and it's like Robert Jordan is so good at that but yeah I think the immediate seeing the Trolloc you're like oh shit I I like it though actually because there's no like you know for lack of a better term there's no pussyfooting around that like yeah you know. Bad stuff might happen, and it does. And yeah. I respect the shit out of Robert Jordan for respecting my time as a reader. Yeah, in a way of that, I think these things get paid off immediately. Because I think if 
it was just like, and they safely traveled through Yangai Pass and back into Kyrie, and we're like, oh, well, what's the point? Um, yeah, short chapter. <laughs> yeah, a shocking revelation to me. Matt has muscles. Yeah, you know, I always pictured him a little bit more like me, like a little bit skinnier, a little bit leaner. Yeah, but you're telling me he's ripped. I think like, see, I yeah, I got the like a little bit like leaner. I think like. Perrin is the one that's a little bit more, like, jacked. Rand probably has, like, a decent body. Mm -hmm. Like, but Matt, I kind of figured, was just, like, a sentient pool noodle. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Matt's got muscles. Yeah! Like, so... I love Robert Jordan, but sometimes I'm like, why is she naked? I mean, I get they probably just fucked, but I'm like... It's a little, like... So, uh, Melindra is giving Matt a back massage. Um, they are both naked. Um, there's something weird about how Melindra is talking to Matt. She gets... Oh, yes. Isn't that a little weird? Oh, yes. The, oh, aren't you I, tired of being a ranch shadow? I told you I got, like, a big three for, like, this spread of episodes. Is this the one? This is, this is a big one. All right, tell me. Oh, we got a, we, we got a dark friend here, man. You think so? We got a dark friend. Ooh, okay. We, we absolutely do. Okay, then we, let me it, just confirm. Mm. Um, do you think Melinda was the one that wrote the note? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Like, as soon as she started talking and whispering in Matt's ear, it felt... It's so unaheal to talk about power, and mm -hmm. I'm like... Mm -hmm. I was just like, something's not adding up here. Yeah, and, uh, like, I've never heard Amis or Soriella talk to Egwene about... Don't you want to be exactly. nice? It's more just like, no, earn your place, put in the work. And now, you know, this isn't confirmed. I'll, I'll read and find out, as I do with all my predictions. But if she's not a dark friend, at the very least, we have a problem inside the house of Aiels. Yeah. If we're having this type of treacherous treachery going on. Yeah. Because she's, like, talking about, like, aren't you tired of being in Rand's shadow? Yeah. And the entire time this is happening, Matt's going... The IU women aren't talking to me as much anymore. <laughs> like Matt's got Matt's got his priorities in in line. I always said I love Matt being like consent king a little bit, right. where he's like a little bit of a like a little um not a little bit of a player, mm -hmm. but he's always kind of been like if they say no or they're not feeling it. He's a respectful king. Yeah, he's a respectful king. Yeah. But no, this yeah, this is this absolutely tipped off my something is wrong here. Yeah. Something is just absolutely wrong. So I think um so Matt is talking about how essentially a lot of the IEL women think him and Melindra are gonna be married. And Matt's like, I don't wanna get married. Which I'm like, that's fair. I feel like we're sensing a theme with Matt of he doesn't like to be tied down. We see it with him with relationships and Tavir, and he's very much like, no, this isn't good. Oh, he's a breezy, river flow kind of yeah. guy. But you tend to see him, as much as he complains about it, he's still doing it. You know, like, he complains about being Tavir, and he's still there. Like, mm -hmm. sure, there is that pool he can't get away. He's not attracting come-and-goers of the Aeol. He's kind of made one companion. Yeah. I think there is a little bit to Matt that he's it's again i think the classic pay attention to what he does says and thinks mm -hmm. so i think there is something to matt a more loyal side to matt that i think he doesn't think is there no he's he's not as much of a scoundrel as 
we or he would make himself out to be, actually. Yeah. I think, like, Nynaeve and Elaine and Egwene think, oh, Matt's a piece of womanizing shit. And really, Matt's just kind of like baby. He is baby. She's whispering sweet nothings in Matt's ears. Yeah, and I think Matt is just not listening. Or if he is listening, he's kind of given like a, okay. I think, honestly, because, you know, I, I know I've kind of gone back on this a little bit. I know Perrin, Rand, and Matt aren't best friends. No. They, they really are just, like, same village, like, you know, same place, same time. I do think there's either something about being Taviran or something in the power of friendship that that stuff just won't work on them. I'm really hoping that, at least, because yeah. if, you know, while I don't think it's happening here by any means, to see some type of wedge driven between the five from an outside force is a really depressing thought. Yeah. I think, no, I get what you mean because it's like in the show you get, they are friends in Mm -hmm. the book. They could piss on, they could be on fire and want to piss on them if they're, they're burning, you know? Yeah. I mean the, the person that is most, uh, worried about keeping them all together and getting them back is Nynaeve. And that's more from a professional aspect of being the wisdom and trying to keep the village intact and whole. You don't think it's a little personal? You know, I think... I think Nynaeve... Like, Nynaeve is... You know, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'd actually like to go back on that a little bit. I think so, because I think it's more interesting, and I think it's more indicative of her per- of her person, because she is a passionate person about people. Yes. I think that's where her anger comes from. I don't think it's just frustration or rage. I think it's love and passion. I think she just loves the Evans Fielders. Yeah. And- I'm coming around on Nynaeve a lot more than nice. I have in past books. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. Nice. So, um, this is all happening, and they hear bird calls, and I don't know if it's sad, but, like, Rand used Emmons Field birds, like, you birds you'd only hear in the two rivers, mm-hmm. as the code. And so, you know, Melindra is only wearing her shawl. She breasts boobily out vagina out to fight Trollocs and I'm just like you can tell this was written by a man like I love Robert Jordan but it's just like I get Aiel are fighters I feel like any woman regardless of your society would probably be like let me put something on like I don't think any smart woman would be like oh let me fight with my breasts and vagina out right it's Got a little bit of the tiny armor problem yeah. in RPGs of like, why do the males get all this plate mail and this woman gets a... Uh, Pasty and a piece base. of toilet paper that comes... That... <laughs> and, you know, to... I don't know. I I understand I'm, I'm speaking from a place as a, you know, heterosis and everything, but boo. I... <laughs> boo. <laughs> boo. You piece of shit. <laughs> Go I, fuck yourself. <laughs> I like the idea of removing shame and guilt of being clothed. In yeah. in general, in fantasy, like, generally, I like it. I don't think we've stuck the landing. I think Game of Thrones, you know, while they argued that it was because of that, more did it under the guise of, like, this would be cooler talk and it would yeah. be controversial. I think the show actually did it well with giving us a really good backshot of... Of, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, that scene in, uh, Tarvalon in this, like, the bathhouse, where it's like, if this were Game of Thrones, we would have seen titties and all that. And yeah. we did see breasts on some of the eyes to die, but right. it was, it was very like, no, we're in a bathhouse, this would happen. Right. So it, I like the idea of her going out. It, it does suffer the, 
this was a man a long time ago writing it syndrome. Yeah. And um, I don't think there's any malice in it at all. There's no, like, no. we're doing this to be, like, titillating. But I think it is just, I think a lot of the times looking back on a work written 30-something years ago with the way we have thought about how women's bodies are consumed right. in the mass media, there is a little bit of a, hmm, I think this could have been done different. But... Yeah. Yeah. It's still a great moment as Matt puts on the medallion, the fox head that yeah. seemingly cancels out Aes Sedai uh, channeling. Which, uh, oh, oh, we'll, we'll, we're going to get to something down the line a little yeah. bit. I've, I've, got, I've got number two about okay. that. But. Um, so, I think it is... Um, oh, oh, we forgot this. So, Melintra called Matt short. Mm. And... He is short in terms of Aiel, but he had a little bit of like uh, a little bit of flashback to when he and Rand, like his past members, he says um, he could remember being tall, taller than Rand when he rode against Archer Hawkwing, and a hand shorter than he was now when he fought besides Maecene against the Algari. He had spoken to Lan, claiming he had overheard some names. The warder said Maecene had been a king of Aeron. One of the ten nations that much Matt already knew. Some four or five hundred years before the Trolloc Wars. So, it's... I love... With Rand and Matt, we get such casual mentions. Like, Rand goes, Oh, I'm not good with the weather. Semarag was. And you're like... And he, and he just kind of goes, That's weird that that <laughs> happened. I'm like, no, it's, is it? Mm, gross. But I love... <laughs> ew. Oh, Jesus gross but i like that we're getting like more of matt kind of going mm, the fuck mm-hmm. um but he goes up to fight he they end up the battle ends up winning in their favor but matt goes we learned that it was samael who sent the trollocs and matt goes this seems like a trap why would they send it seemed like they knew they were going to get killed, so they just sent the army anyway, either as, like, a test of the Aiel's strength, or, like, what do you think kind of that same... This is definitely... So, I think... So, hmm. I'm trying to get my thoughts together so I can present this as cleanly as I can. I think, you know, you got the you got the light, you got the dark, and then you got complications. Yes. So, you know, Rand, the Emmonsfield 5... Uh, to a degree, you know, they represent the light, the good force. And then you've got the dark one and his shadow spawn and, and the forsaken that represent the dark. Right. And then you've got these complications. Um, so I'm setting that up because this feels like a bit of a magician's thing of like, look over here mm. because something is really happening over here. And I think the dark side knows how to utilize the complications. Right now, the complication is Kuladin. Leading yeah. this charge and leading these folks on a chase to get him. Uh, I believe I'm correct in framing that the way yeah. it is, right? They're following Kuladin. Yeah, they're Kool-Aid's following Kuladin, the Shido. And yeah, all that. the Shido's just fucking shit up. Yeah. Left and right. So I think the Dark Force knows that the Light Force is going after that complication. Yes. They can add in a little bit of pressure on that while they're actually doing something somewhere else that hasn't been described yet. Interesting. So it definitely is a bit of a, you know, Besides, uh, besides, uh, oh, I wanted to say Bilal, but that's, that's Diablo. Bilal, uh, right? Robin? No, the, the, the clown that got dusted Oh, Bilal, after, yeah. Bilal, no, you're it right. is Bilal? Yeah. 
Oh, Bro, well, how do you forget iconic clown? Iconic clown. No, I thought I was getting him confused with uh, a Lord of Terror. No matter. See, well, I thought you, I see. I only know like Devil May Cry. No, that's. And I'm sure there's a lot of crossover from. I imagine. So. Anyway. Anyhow. Um, you know, this isn't a belong. Not situation. us going on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> we Could, don't do tangents here. It couldn't be the curse of Cardellini. Uh, I think... Cardellini. <laughs> it's a tiny I think this is not a Bilal situation of just a stupid act. I think no. this was calculated in some way, and it's not known to us right now. Do you think because do you think it's Samael concocting something with Ravine? You know, it could be, but I think even those ties are not surefire in any kind of way. If it is, it's temporary. If it is, someone's using someone else for something. Okay. Uh, I definitely just think we got a uh, look over here. While yeah, this like is a happening faint, over here. Exactly, okay. yes. I think that's what this is. So Matt, you know, had his, uh, he spoke an old tongue, and he and Melindra go back to the tent, you know, to fuck, mm-hmm. uh, probably. And, Around 27. Or for Melindra to go, oh, you're in Rand's shadow, or whatever the <laughs> fuck she's got going on with her. She breasts boobily back to the tent. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then we switch to Rand's POV, and... Um, He's woken up by, so Rand's away from the attack. Right. Like, he's in the north side of camp. Matt's all, it happens on the south side. So, he's awakened by the bird calls. His guard kind of oh, goes. Shit. His guard oh, goes, oh, shit. we're fighting. Oh, sorry, what? Sorry, this is a real-time prediction. Oh, okay. That's happening right now in this moment. Oh, oh, speak it. The Trollocs got sent to test Matt specifically. There's something oh. happening with these boys, with these men, getting their flashbacks and their glimpses, and, you know, the Dark Lord is very aware of that, and he wants to know where they're at in that. There's there's some type of way that they can, uh, you know, call that on okay. and stuff, and I think they're testing Matt's abilities. That's that's what it is, I believe, in this point of time. All right. Yes. All right. Um, so, um... So, uh, Rand's guard kind of goes, we're going to fight, bye. And so Rand is watching this happen. He sees Avienda being pulled out by a Drakkar. He bail fires the Drakkar. And then Avienda shoots above his head a beam of fire. And Rand's like, what the fuck? And, like, how could you do this? How could you be so stupid? Is you, you're just being petty. There's a Drakkar behind him. And Avienda is hurt. And uh, Egwene of the Wise Ones come over and... Adding salt to the wound, Egwene's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, because no one likes to communicate in this series. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes to go, it was a mistake. Yeah. So, um, so Egwene is talking to Avienda the Tent, and Moraine and Lan come over. And Moraine, you would think she would be a little bit more like, oh shit, Rand, are you okay? She's very chill. She's very like, ah, yeah. I think she is, you know, this is very soft. Not even prediction, but more observation. I think she's either trying to lean into or develop a bit of a hands-off, you know, give him some space, keep yeah. him keep him around, just, you know, going at him time after time is only going to push him away. Yeah. I think she's playing some more Aes Sedai games. All right. Yeah. All right. That's, what I, that's what I get the feeling of. Um, so the chap, uh, actually, no. Uh, so the chapter ends with Rand talking to Asmodian, and they talk about uh, Samael and how, um, essentially, uh, 
Rand uh, is back and forth between whether it was Samuel or another Forsaken distracting him. He's doing a feint to make Rand go actually after Samuel for the trap. Because remember in the prologue, Ravine, Grendel, Lanfear, Ravine, and Samuel were like, we need to get Rand. And Lanfear's like, I got a plan. And we never found out what that plan was. Right. So Rand tells Asmodian, yeah, Samuel tried to do the same thing at this like battle 3,000 years ago. And he realizes he was speaking as Luce Theron. Um, so uh, the chapter ends... Uh, the maidens who uh, abandoned Rand are going to Soriella, or to the wise ones as punishment, and he dreams of Avienda and Samael laughing and uh, fighting and throwing fire at him. And that brings us to chapter 23, the fifth I give to you. The chapter symbol is the dragon banner. Um, not, like... For me, the most important thing we can is... Sparks notes this one. Huh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> honestly, um, the m main takeaway is um, Egwene sees Rand acting more like a king because he says, do not kill anyone out of spite because we're in Kyrie and the, the, they are the tree killers. Like, if anyone violates any of my rules, you're going to hang. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the uh, clan chiefs are like, Okay. No, harsh, what is it? Harsh consequences behind kind principles. Yeah. He's kind of working with right now. Yeah. And so, um... So, Egwene sees this. This is for the next chapter, but Egwene and Avienda talk. Avienda uh, begs Egwene to talk to the wise ones about not sleeping in Rand's tent. She's still going on about this. Soriel is like, no, girl, you're still going to do it. You can't... Command a wise one, and we learn she's uh, trying to set Avienda uh, up to be married. And then Soriella says, Work. And then Egwene's like, Okay, I'll talk to her for you. I'll talk to the wise ones. And then that gets us to chapter 24, a message sent. The chapter symbol is uh, the rising sun of Kyrian. So uh, she meets up, she goes to Teleran, Riot Egwene. She sees Elaine talking to Birgitta, and she's like, Mm, seems fake, but okay. Oh, it's real. And um, we learn Elaine is there, not Nynaeve, because Nynaeve got into a fist fight with some of the, uh, with um, one of the female members of Val and Lucas Circus, who was like, you're flirting with these men, and I want them, and, you know. Tale as old as time. Yeah, song as old as rhyme. Nynaeve <laughs> and the fist. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Elaine, I, you know, uh, cut, me, cut me off if I'm going too far or anything, but it seems like Elaine more and more is getting a bit of an agenda herself. Yeah, uh, Elaine's a little snarky too. Yeah, she's she's kind of making moves on her own, and some of that I think is her background. You know, I think she's kind of treading as a princess a little bit more than as a minor player yeah. in the series as large, and that's, that's fine. I like that. I think that's very integral to her character. But it is interesting. We're, I think we're seeing a bit more of a divergence. Yes. Like when they were the Wonder Girls, now it's like, oh, shit, they're kind of becoming nice to die in their own ways. Yeah. And it was kind of a thing of, I'm like, I was a little meh about Elaine on my first read-through. Kind of going into her now, I like her more than I like Min. Okay. Because both of them are 
quote unquote obsessed with Rand, mm-hmm. but at least Elaine has more to do than a Min right now. But that's later. Um, so we learn about the fight, and um, to Egwene's shock, we learn that Val and Luca made Nynaeve apologize, and Nynaeve actually apologized. And um, so they have been kind of talking to everyone, and they've been talking to the Shanchan woman who has been training elephants um, for the... Uh, so she was handling Sredits at the Court of the Nine Moons where the Shanchan Empress rules. And um, Egwene kind of does like a little wink, wink, nod, nod, meet me in the White Tower and uh, updates them on where they are, blah, blah, blah. And that brings us to chapter 25, Dreams of Galad. The dream to Rangrail is the chapter symbol. Um, did anything stand out in that chapter for you? The dream one? I mean, I definitely remember uh, Egwene gets a lot more information about what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of moving the pieces. Like, we have these remote pieces that some characters are not aware of, and we're starting to come into that a bit yeah. more. Um, so that was the big one. We've also got, God, I mean, there's definitely some nuanced stuff going yeah. on. Um, I think we've got, oh shit, this is when we get Mogedian, uh, right? Uh, we, next we, chapter. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Okay. I, I might've been conflating the two then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same chapter in a sense. It's just, broken. it's like a continuation. Or yeah. Egwene gets a little bit of insider information. Uh, she's getting kind of chased around the dream world. I know she gets, uh, like, reprimanded for going alone. Yeah, like, the wise ones are like, dude, what the fuck? And she's like, I'm sorry, I just fell asleep, I'm so sorry. Right. Because <laughs> they went, co- oh, I'm so sorry, I just fell asleep. I fell asleep. God. Which I applaud her for. Yeah. I mean, the adults aren't going to do it, you got to yeah. do it yourself. I'm surprised you're not uh, picking up on something else that was dropped, but... If you didn't pick it up, we're not doing it. <sighs> All right. I might have to reread this chapter. Okay. Again, ten chapters in one bite is... I know, I know. Big for me. Okay. Um, you can't I'm see I'm still this. trying to keep people's names right. Like, I'm doing such a bad job as, like, a facilitator, but sometimes... Um, so, Matt keeps asking a question. Do you know who the daughter of the Nine Moons is? Right, because he saw that in the in the door. Yes, and wants to figure that out. And nine moons did come up. Yes, um, Sarendin served as Sredit handler at the court of the nine moons, where the Shanchan Empress sits. Oh fuck! And so we're not getting into it because because I'm sure that's going to be a whole thread on its own. Shit. Okay. So hold on. Okay. Yeah, that's me. Eric Danes. You're probably wondering how I got in this position right now. So his his prophecy that got read out to him was he was going to be married. You will marry the daughter of the nine moons. And the daughter of the nine moons is connected to the Sean Chan. Woof. Oh boy. That's gonna be complicated down the line, I'm sure. Either mm, hmm. Okay. Alright. Hmm. My wheels are spinning now. We got an episode your within wheel, an episode. Your wheel of time. My wheels. Your wheel of time my, is spinning. My wheels of time are spinning. <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> um, Holy shit! Okay, okay. Again, any normal person would have let this pass and kind of let Eric figure it out for himself. 
But I kind of now like having this little... I, I am so excited for... And, and I, I don't want this to... I, this is, I mean this more nicely than it's probably going to sound. I'm looking forward so much to a second read-through off a podcast Bro. and to just comb through all the stuff that's being... Because there's stuff like this that happens where I am juggling, like, nine different new terms as a first-time reader. Want something funny? Huh. You've already met Matt's wife. Or she was already mentioned. What the shit? I'm not telling you when, and I'm not telling you how, but... Wow. Yeah. No, there is some shit... <laughs> Um, there are some endgame shit that's foreshadowed in book one that when you go, oh, well, book two, Swan Sanche goes, yeah, um, the last time there was a red Almerlin seat was when a blue was deposed. Right. She foreshadowed her own Her deposing. own demise. Right. Okay. So Eric's mind just got blown. A little bit. You're, you're wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. 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 Wow, that's Wheel of Time series. It's pretty big. Wow. Um, so let's... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, my own Wilson did get a little George Bailey. Oh, Barry! Barry! Wow. Wheels of Time! Wheel of Time! They, they got blue ajas and red ajas. <laughs> now do it as Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, well, I, I say the blue ajas like the sea. They might be blue, but they're really deep. The green aja, they're like the forest. They're really green. Oh, the Ted Lasso! <laughs> Oh, Ted, you and your football. That's my, um, that's my Hannah Waddington impression. Or, uh, um... Can I, can I do my, uh, uh, I forget his, his Coach name. Coach Beard? Uh, no, but he's great. Uh, no, the, the actor that plays Roy Kent. Let me... <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> mm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was too soft. That was a little bit. That was a little bit more Henry Cavill in The Witcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's what he says before he pounds Yaskier's Anyways, hole. you didn't. You didn't come to this podcast for for my impressions. For Yaskier's hole. Um, so <laughs> Dalen came here for that. <laughs> Geralt came in. That. He's he's pretty. Whoever that actor is, he's very pretty. Yeah, he's my Asmodian. Huh. I think it's huh. like okay. rabbit twink with a guitar. Wow. See, I was expect I was not expecting. Some people I, say David Tennant for Asmodian as well. A little bit more. I kind of expect him a little bit more uh, elderly in a way. I almost because ex- I think Asmodian is supposed to be like forty, but for some reason mm. I picture Asmodian as like twenty something. I saw him kind of as a um, as a Gary Oldman. As, as hmm. almost as like Sirius Black, kind of that. Interesting. That style. Though, Gary, uh, though Sirius is supposed to be 30 and they made him like 80 in the that's movie. That's very true. Though there's a lot of things that J.K. Rowling's done. That's yeah. Anyways, Anyhow. you didn't come here for us to. You came here to hear us talk about dreams Rowling. of Galad. So, this is actually. This is actually a really interesting chapter, Eggy wise. So, Egwene and Elaine meet in the White Tower in the Novice Chambers, and Egwene says to Elaine, oh, Rand's being really arrogant, he's doing this, and Elaine's just like, no, dude, he's acting as a king would, you kind of have to do that, and Elaine, and Egwene's like, well, that's cool, but he doesn't have to be so arrogant, and it makes me wonder if Egwene is jealous of Rand's power that he has right now. I've, I've predicted this, that there's going to be some type of showdown between Egwene and Rand. Yeah. So that's entered my mind many times. And I'm not ruling it out now. All right. Uh, I think it's it's funny because, like, I don't think Egwene is only an accepted, right? Yeah, she's, like, 
blipped uh, on the radar. Of... Yeah. So she hasn't even like chosen her Aja yet. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take her to be a red. Interesting. Like, I think she's more leaning towards the, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I can never keep these straight. That's why we have you here. <laughs> Not just why, but what what are the battle ready? Aja? Green. The green. So I, I think she's like, you know, naturally a green, but I almost feel like she's going to make the choice to go red. And I do think... Like tying in a little bit as kind of a reformation? Mm-hmm. Between that and like her coming into her own power, the yeah. reds are in power right now. I just, I see so much of that. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't even necessarily want it to happen, but it is a possibility. You see my face. It's blank. It, you got you developed a really good poker face. I didn't through, even think I could do a poker this, face. Because this podcast, there there were a few predictions where I was like, oh yeah, I got that right. But yeah. you, you've done a really good job of just like nodding and kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. What I, do you think uh, mm-hmm. Elaine's... Aja, do you think she's going to, do you think um, Elaine and Nynaeve are going to get to Aes Sedai rank and what no, will their I, So actually, actually, no. So this is my big uh, second prediction. Okay. This is your big two out of three. This is my big two out of three. The Aes Sedai are going to stop existing as a, uh, as a uh, organization Interesting. of sorts, because I think with the breaking of the tower, you know, yeah. I, I think we, we call it the black tower now, more or less, uh, but that's what I'm calling it right now. Yeah. And, you know, later in this episode when we get to it, the Aes Sedai trying to make a new tower of the exile, yeah. we're having a breaking down of power. So I think you're going to have these channelers that can touch the source and they can do these things, but they're not Aes Sedai. Yeah. They're not going to play by the oaths. Yeah. Or anything. And I think, do you, I forget. Do you take those oaths as an accepted or when you get... Um, as you are sworn... Uh, I think the process is you test for an Aes Sedai, you go from novice to accepted to Aes Sedai, and then when you finish your test, you swear the three oaths. So we have three very powerful channelers that have not taken the oaths yet. Yes. Ooh, uh, I'm just saying, it, at the very least, I think we're going to have seeds scattered to the winds. We're not going to have an organized group anymore. Okay. And Elaine, especially, oh my God, especially, she has the history. She has the, you know, the bloodline yeah. of having an Aes Sedai uh, advisor and being close to, but not necessarily even being a part of that group. Yeah. I don't think she's self-serving, but she could be. She could absolutely turn her head at the rules yeah. because that's not her, that's not her group. Well, she even tells Egwene, like, I'll be queen of Andor when you're Omerlin's seat. And that will only happen once 9A figures out what the town is called. <laughs> exactly. And Do you I, think that holds any water? Absolutely. I think it's a slicker, you know, I, I'm only using this comparison because I, I think it serves as a contrast. Yeah. It's a better Game of Thrones move in my way, yeah. in my idea. There, there's a there's a future prediction of where we're supposed to go because our, of our predisposition and our natural talents. Do you think Egwene's endgame is she becomes Omerlin's seat like post-last battle? Absolutely. Do you, who do you think... Well, this is for uh, after our little intermission, mm-hmm. but... Um, let's let's finish this up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We're, we're um, getting ahead of ourselves. But, but yeah, so, my, my big two is like... There's some shit going on right here. Okay. So after the discussion, um, uh, Egwene is in the sea of uh, dreams. She hopes to one day recognize Egwene, Elaine and Nine Names. Throughout this whole chapter, 
Egwene is very wise one. Like, she keeps going, oh, if Nynaeve comes in, I'm going to teach her a lesson. And I'm like, again, that's sponge. Um, and it's so funny when she was telling Elaine, oh, Rand's so arrogant, blah, blah, blah. And Elaine goes, kind of like him, too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's funny. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? Like, when you have old friends that don't see you for a while. Yeah. And, like, you either go somewhere or you have your own transformative year or two or whatever and then you've got new people that know you as this new person and yeah. you get old friends that are like this isn't you and it's like well it, it is like all of it's true you yeah. know i was the person i was two years ago i'm the person i am now i i think Egwene, out of all the emmons field five like probably rand aside is probably the one going through the most amount of change yeah because i think Egwene very much went oh i can leave the two rivers Peace. Exactly. I've always said, I love Egwene's, like, no, fucking, let's do it. She took it in stride. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was no, like, oh, I'll never see my mama and my papa again. She's like, bye, fuckers. Like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> she, bye, flops. She, she, she gave him the double bird on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, the chapter ends with, um, so, um, not the chapter ends. So, Egwene asks, like, what were you doing with Brigitte? And Elaine's like, I'm not telling you. I have to trust that secret. But Egwene kind of knows, oh, so that was Brigitte and not just a trick of Teleranriad. She goes into the Armorlin study, and we learn we can't find Davron Bashir's army. We have They have no idea where Rand is. No news from Tanchico. The Red Aja spying Camelon was like, Oh, I saw more gays at a public audience. But that could have been Ravine going like, hey, write a letter, do this for me. Because another scout said, hey, more gays hasn't been seen in a while. Um, there's minor rebellions in the borderlands. White cloaks are heading to Amadisia on Pedro Nile's orders. Um, Elida means to punish uh, the woman who drugged Elaine and Nynaeve for letting them get away. And Elida's building a tower for a palace for herself. I'm like... In the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> In the middle of a panini? <laughs> and so then Egwene like, puts it all away. And this is where I went. So she sees Galad come in. And he offers her a walk around the palace. And then Le uh, around the tower grounds. And then Le uh, Leanne and Swan come in. And then Egwene's like, ew. I was thinking of Galad? No, no, no. Gawain. And I'm sorry, if you had to pick, if one of these boys were to come up to you and be like, hey, you're straight, but if you had to pick, wouldn't you pick a lad? In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. So I wonder if um, Egwene needs to get a PCR test <laughs> to focus on her taste. Because she got no taste. Yes. That girl really thinks Gowen is... Well, I think also she doesn't know what fucking Gowan has gotten into. Yeah, and you know, like, no predictions here or anything, just curiosity. I do wonder what Gowan and Galad are up to. I yeah. do wonder how their stories are being furthered and, and when we're going to see them next. Yeah. Just a curiosity. Cool, cool. So she finds herself in Emmons Field and she sees the wolf banner and the red eagle flag of Manethrin. And then we get a very special word, flicker. Um, Her mother comes out with a baby and she's like oh you and gowan like oh my god i'd love that and she's like what the fuck gowan comes in he's like hey girl miss you she leaves and then we switch to mogedian who was like who 
it's the worst fucking thing because she's like, oh, so now I know Birgitta is working with uh, Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene. And um, I'm going to get Birgitta back because she gooped me 3,000 years ago with Luz there and Telamon. So fuck that bitch. I'm going to get Nynaeve and Elaine. And that's how that chapter ends. And we are going to take a brief intermission. Enjoy these ads. Yeah. And we also find out from this book, Matt has a big ass. That's right. We get, I'm like, we get verified big ass Matt. Like dump truck. Well, I don't think it's big. I think it's like, we're, we talked bodies. We're still talking bodies. Um, I think parent doesn't have like a flat ass, but I think it's just there. I don't think like he does a lot of leg. I mean, there's probably leg work done. Um, Matt probably has like, I think, see, I think Matt's got like a great ass and great calves. Yeah. Not like, I, I feel like Rand's got some like horse legs, like the quads and the thighs. Yeah. I think he's got like that going for him. But Matt, I was like, nah, he's got some like, he's got calves, abs, <laughs> ass, yeah. and triceps. Yeah. I think Matt has a, I almost, a peachy butt, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Like peach. a nice little yes. peachy butt. Yeah. Um, this isn't a spoiler, but also Rand is described as having a nice ass, too. Is he? Yeah. Previously? It's coming up. And also, minor spoiler, it's hairless. <laughs> That's legit described. It's hairless. Uh, my naked mole rat. I love him. Oh, my God. I love him. Um, but, like, I imagine, like, Matt is just the peach. Rand has a little bit more of a jiggle to it. I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh... I can get behind that. Cheers. Cheers. And we are back. Eric, what is the new drink? We are back. All right, folks. So uh, in this big boy extravaganza, we're doing two drinks. We did the Josh Red Blend Wind earlier. Yes, we did. And uh, right now we're on a different drink. We're doing some Evan Williams. Uh, now, normally that's a, that's a bourbon. Uh, if you ever see Evan Williams on the well, you know you're at a good bar. Yeah, get the ASMR in there. Evan Williams. Evan Williams. You scruffy-faced, dirty meat boy. <laughs> uh, this is, though, this is not their original bourbon. This is the Evan Williams Original Southern Spiced Cider. Uh, it is a, and this is all off-bottle. This is not me speaking off the top of my head. Eric literally is, like, closing his eyes, covering his eyes. Just just wafting the aromas and, and speaking <laughs> yes. from the heart. Uh, it's a seasonal blend of apple cider liqueur and Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is 17% alcohol by volume. And uh, you can heat this, like, in a mug. You can serve it up warm. It's really, really good, especially if you're kind of into mulled wine. Uh, you can, however, serve it over ice. And personally, we went with the over ice because, you know, we're back, we're expecting the unexpected, so we're, we're I don't know, we're, we're, we're doing it because we didn't want to be in the kitchen for too long. Yeah. Uh, however, we are, we are drinking this straight, but we did add a little bit of Halifax Hollow. Uh, Say that three times fast. Halifax Hollow, Halifax Hollow, Halifax Hollow, Hollow. We're going to I'm I'm sure we're not reaching, you know, the millions of Americans on this podcast or anything, but I did want to give this group a shout out because they are a small company that specializes in simple syrups. 
So if you like to bartend, if you like a little bit of mixology at home, uh, even if you're into non-alcohols, I'm, I'm using this stuff for my coffees. We are. Oh, it's great. I actually used this one specifically. We're using the Cinnamon Stick Simple Syrup that they made. Um, this company is really great. They only do small batch, so their product is really, really high. Uh, highly recommended by me. Uh, really, really and top high quality. too. Just high. No, it's not a 420 company. Although I'm sure that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, they are an LSD company. So if we start <laughs> tripping in a couple seconds, <laughs> we'll just cut the episode and 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 trip. Oh my god. Uh, no, just to add a little bit of oomph to this, and also to give uh, Halifax Hollow a little bit of a shout yeah. out. It was sponsor a cr- us. Sponsor us. It was a Christmas present to me and uh, one of the more impressive craft syrups I've ever had. So nice. It is good stuff. Yeah, cheers to you. Cheers. Also, I wanted to find a way to get Dalen to drink whiskey and not uh, not die. So yeah. I, I felt like this was a good... Well, Eric and I hung out because we don't see each other unless we're recording this podcast. Anytime Eric goes, do you want to hang out? And I just like block his number until it's time to re-record. Um, but we hung out recently and we had Old Fashions and was lovely but my goal is to just one day eric and i we kiki and we get blitzed off of old fashions oh we can we can make that happen yeah we can make that happen oh yeah um so we will be covering chapters 26 to 30 and i think really you know what, yes. sorry as an addendum that i forgot to add on to the drink portion of this I wanted to go something really simple this time because I know I can get into the cocktail five ingredients mindset because I love mixology. I love balancing drinks. Eric's a great bartender, y'all. Thank you. But sometimes you just need something simple and to the point. Yeah. And so with this two ingredient, you know, one extra, you could even drink just the the whiskey straight. Yeah. Yes. So 26 to 30, you know, there isn't really much need to go really in depth, but I think... Not Some, a ton we need to comb through. I do have my third yes. large prediction in this bunch. Okay, yeah. so uh, we start off with uh, chapter 26, Sally Diera, and the chapter icon is the wheel icon. So um, Rogue Blue, which was our codename for Leanne, Loghain, Min, and Swan, have reached Saladar, which is where... Really, only until two months earlier, the Aes Sedai had fled uh, Elida's tower. And so, um, they go into an abandoned inn, retaken as, like, sort of the headquarters. And we are introduced to sort of six Aes Sedai who come into play. Um, four. Shiriam, who was the mistress of novices. Uh, Carlinia, Morel, and Anaya. So, Min has two viewings. Shiriam, rays of silver and blue flashed about her fiery red hair and a soft golden light. Min could not say what it meant. Do you have any ideas? Go, give it to me again. Give it to me again. Rays of silver and blue flashed above her fiery hair and a soft golden light. Like, literally nothing. It's so generic. It's so generic in the way of, like, we're going to get to a point where, like, Oh, that's what it meant. When I tell you, I clicked, because I I know what it happened, but I clicked to see the fulfilling of this, and I went, oh, Eric's going to scream. <laughs> it's... I've got no idea on that one. Right, I was cool. just like, all right, great, we got colors, great. So, um, Carliana has an image of a raven floating beside her dark hair, more a tattoo 
than an actual bird. Mm -hmm. And so just a little reminder, um, the seeker of the, the truth seeker or whatever it's called that met with, uh, Agionin in book four had a raven tattoo. So that's what Egwene is referring to. Uh, Okay. So kind of knowing that, do you think any idea? I, okay. So that, that totally threw my thing because I thought I remembered ravens being a part of Matt's whole thing at some point, either in the, like when he went through the, there's ravens on his, uh, Ashendari. Ah, okay. Yeah. So no. Okay. I I think, I think I got a whiff there where I was like, oh, this is Matt centric. Yeah. I don't think it is. All right, cool. So, um, that's the, that's the other thing. Like again, like there's so many things being loaded up for like a second time reading. It's probably going to be so much more fulfilling in different ways. Yeah, there's going to be something that when you get to it the second time around, when we get when we cover Eye of the World, I'm going to point this out and you're going to go, oh fuck, <laughs> it's going to break your heart. Um, no, so um, so the chapter continues. Um, Swan and Leanne return and they're like. Oh, it sounds like Swan. And then they grill her. They go, okay, on March 25th, 2001, when we were at the Scholastic Book they Fair. They lamp in her face. Yeah, like, literally, they interrogate her on the most insignificant details. And we kind of find out, Swan was a bit of a prankster. Swan <laughs> was a little bit of a wild child. Swan kind of won me over a little bit, retroactively, in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. So we meet Phelan again. Phelan was uh, the novice slash accepted, whatever she was. That Min first met in the first chapter of The Shadow Rising. Mm-hmm. So, Phelan is kind of like, well, I don't think Swan Sanche deserved what she got. I don't think she helped Mazram Taim get away, but... Eh. Uh, but seeing Loghain, a false dragon here, makes me wonder. So, I'm wondering... Like, we keep getting Mazram Taim. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to be a mainstay, or do you think he's going to kind of be a bit player? He's going to be Sam Rockwell. i got to be real honest with you, even after reading these chapters, until you brought him up. Keep talking. Uh, keep talking. Yeah, yeah keep keep clinking over, over, my, over my very, very educational, well-thought-out observation. No, I... <laughs> you're the one clinking over over an audio I'm medium sorry. i'm sorry you can't project you can't and i can project but there's two different sounds going on at the all right same sorry time. go on uh i think he's gonna be a bit player because even up until right now you mentioning him i went oh fuck that's right yeah this guy and i don't know if that's me as a first time reader getting a ton more people right yeah. now. I think it's a lot of you are like being introduced to this, what, this, oh, her, him, him, this, what, egg? Well, and especially uh, in, I got to be careful. I don't do my own thing. I just <laughs> got a new battle. Let me take a little. You can clink over me. It's retribution. <laughs> so let me talk. No, clink your ice while I talk. All right, cool. I think um, uh, this is a little meta in terms of production of podcasts. I don't like to feed you a lot of details. You oh, know? I, like, I like that. I appreciate um, that. The, really, the thing about the Daughter of the Nine Moons, that was really the first time in this podcast I went, let me give you something. Right. Well, yes. Because I try to be, I try to let you figure things out. And I try to go, okay, if he didn't pick up on it, we're just going to kind of keep moving. 
I think there's a lot of there's a lot of first connections that are happening. Yes. And there's so many of them and I think that's actually a strength of this book and and why, you know, a lot of rereadings are a part of it. Yeah. Um especially now when it's like we've known the Aes Sedai, but this is besides the actual novices being in the tower and getting their point of views. This is a time where we're getting a load of Aes Sedai players that yeah. I'm positive are going to be in the final battle, you know, intricate pieces leading up to that. Um, like I said, I think my second big prediction is like, we're not going to have an organized tower. We're going to kind of have a breakage and people just doing their own thing. Yeah. And we're meeting a ton of them right now. Yeah. And even going in off of that, mm -hmm. um, in the next chapter, we get to see, because... Really, the more the most uh, person we've spent time with, I said I was, is Moraine. Mm -hmm. We don't get to see her really doing like the game of houses, the Kyrie and sort of. Right. We don't. We hear about the I said I political maneuvering. Mm -hmm. We don't see it. And in chapter twenty-seven, the practice of diffidence. Oh, we get it. Mm -hmm. Um. So Swan and Leanna are talking with uh, Anaya, Shiriam, Carlinia, Morel. Bayonin and Morphin. So, essentially, Swan realizes, I can lie now. That's right. And she says, we got to go against Elida, and here's how we're going to do it. We, uh, Loghain is going to, Loghain told me a lie that the Reds came up to him and said, do you want to be a false dragon? He said yes, and then they sh still shielded, stilled him, and brought him to the tower and did this whole parade to kind of reassert the how good the Red Aja is and how no, you need the Red Aja, and so they begin to talk about how hey, we we're not begging, we're not going back to the White Tower. We need to kind of show Elida kind of fucked up. Elida isn't shit. That's right. And we begin the planning of an alternate tower. Yeah. And Swan goes, it can't be any of us as the new Omerlin seat. We need someone who wasn't there. So my question for you, Eric, of the named female channelers who weren't there when uh, Swan was deposed, we have Moraine, mm -hmm. Viren. Mm -hmm. Avienda, mm -hmm. Nynaeve, Elaine, Egwene, um, Alana. Do you think any of those seven are going to be uh, the replacement Omerlin seat? So it's a bit of a split prediction right here, and this isn't even like one of my big three. Okay. What I personally believe is that they are not going to reform the tower. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to kind of have this new tower as it is and then kind of these rogue groups in a way. However, so that's what I actually believe. Right. I, I think it's going to be a lot more chaotic and disorganized. Yeah. However, if they do reconstruct it and do kind of put in a new person, it's a toss-up between Egwene and Avienda to me. And again, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even put Avienda's name in there. If she hadn't come on so strong in these last couple yeah. of chapters of like, oh, shit, Robert Jordan, there is a reason why you're putting her in the same tent as Rand. There's a reason why she is here and really badass. Yeah. 
My face is blank. Let them know how blank. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Dalen took a long drink while I was uh, uh, talking about this bit, so I'm sure I'm either very hot or very cold. As Katy, as uh, songstress <laughs> and one-time flop uh, Katy Perry once said, "You're hot, then you're cold. You're Diaz, then you're no." So I think if it does get reconstructed, it's either Aguilera or Avienda. I think so. If they okay. reorganize, it's going to be one of those two. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, but I, I, I sincerely Do you think. Mm-hmm. Well, you've always said Aguilera was going to be responsible for Rand's death. Do you think right. maybe they do pick Aguilera and? She does join the Red. I think ultimately maybe she does splinter away from the Saladar Tower. I think there. I think maybe, or do you think Elida gets to Egwene first? I don't know, because again, like there's. I think there's an Eric perspective and an Eric reading into Robert Jordan would do perspective. I'd love to hear both. So I think, I think what I believe in. Okay. is that there's not going to be a reformed tower. It's going to be scattered groups and kind of these rogue groups. And in that, you have a Gwen that doesn't have to play by the rules that has to make the personal decision to steal or kill Rand. Yeah. Or she might even get recruited by the new tower or something. Yeah. The way I see Robert Jordan writing this, I could see it as a reformed tower being made. Oh, shit. Do you also see- think maybe they pick Avienda... As a reversal of um, an, a wetlander learning IO customs and Aiel learning. And I think because they do talk about, oh, the wise ones, we've heard of them. Mm. There maybe is like a sort of Aiel influence in the White Tower. It could be a shakeup and a welcome shakeup, but it's not one yeah. that I foresee. And I don't have enough information to make that prediction. What's the Black Tower then? Oh, the Black Tower is just what... I don't know if I started calling it that or if we all colloquially started calling it that, but the Black Tower is the new tower that happened because of Elida. Interesting. Do you think there's dark friends in this Black Tower? Absolutely. I think there's I think there's dark friends in this kind of rogue group right now that we haven't been... Uh, Have we met any uh, dark friends yet? In passing, yes, but I don't think there's any tells yet. Okay. I, I think there's somebody in the mix that, you know, is a dark friend, but I don't think there's any, like... Keep an eye on them. It's yeah. it's not a uh, it's As not a Nicki Minaj once says, we got to keep an eye out for Seliner. Exactly. There's no Seliners in this group. We got a Seliner in the Aiels. All right. The one shacking up with Matt, Melindra, Melindra, right? Oh yeah, you it, are correct. I, I, I her, but like in this new Aes Sedai like reforming group, no Seliners yet. There's one this there, but, so I chaotic. Who, but I don't know. But I don't know. This who episode's it is. been so chaotic. I love it. Um, I think this right. I think we found this right type of energy of like we're not we're not drunk, we're not sober either. So ah, I'm I'm toasty and having a good time. Um, yes, because here's the thing. I think Egwene or Avienda as Omerlin's seat of the new tower work mm-hmm. i i think avienda i your your game end game for rand works for both these women mm-hmm. avienda feels like this is the right thing to do Egwene feels like it's for the best mm-hmm. uh, so okay avienda or Egwene for uh omerlin seat so, um, this chapter ends and continues with Gareth Bryn arriving in Saladar. Yeah. I, okay. 
Give it, give it to us, Dalen. You, post you, you got, you got some stuff on your heart. Give it to post, us. Post uh, Wheel of Time season one, and um, Moraine Swan being a thing has been implied in the books in a New Spring, which is the prequel. Going in from Wheel of Time season one, where we had such amazing positive representation of queer women of a certain age, of saying no, this is a thing, and how. Tragic that is when Moraine was exiled from the tower. Mm -hmm. I think is so much more of a powerful story than what they're setting up with Gareth Brynn following Swan 2,000 miles because she broke an oath. And then he's like, oh, it's you. Remember, like, you made me, like, you gooped me. When we were talking about Murindy all those years ago, and uh, Swan's like, yeah, the dude we were campaigning for actually died. It's one of those things where I felt like this is padding. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found interesting is Min's viewing. She said, I've only had an if viewing before, and that was Gawain either killing Egwene or worshipping Egwene, like kneeling at her feet. He sa- She says with Gareth Brynn, if Swan is too close, she needs to stay close to him. If she's too far, she will die. Yeah. Or both will die. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts about Gareth Brynn and Swan Sanchez. What do you think if there's anything here? Did we get to your third? No, this is my third right here. Okay, tell me. Uh, Min's viewing is going to come to pass. Gareth Brynn is going to die. Okay. I, I think, you know, it, it only dawned on me in this spread of chapters that Min's viewings are a promise to the audience. Okay. Every one of Min's viewings we have to see. Like, otherwise, it's just terrible bad writing. Like, in some fashion, we have to get to the point of, oh, this is what it meant. Yeah. So... I would love to go through with you. Like, do you think we've met the third woman that uh, she saw Rand with? Yes, but I don't think it's apparent yet. I think, you know, I think it could be Avienda. A little bit. You know, because Do I don't think I don't think Avienda even has thinks of Rand that way. I don't think so either. But I again, think she thinks of Elaine. I'm, that I'm way. operating without half the series, <laughs> <laughs> right? So like, because we have gotten some of Min's things coming to right. pass. Yeah. So you don't think we've gotten the three beautiful women yet? No, I think we're missing the third. Okay. Uh, all, all, all said and done. Again, like Avienda, I think is going to be a power player. I don't think in that way, but yeah. with the information I have right now, it's more interesting to say that's the third woman. Yeah. Until we, for sure, get it uh, nailed down that like, no, this is who it is. Yeah. Yeah, that viewing with Gareth Brint. So do you think? Do you think there's a reason why? They would die if they're too far apart? That, I have no idea. It's a really weird, um, like, how the fuck does that even work? With with how that works? Yeah, like, how would they even... That's what I'm saying. I I think it's going to be a bit of a, you know, joined forces kind of deal where, like, we should go together. No, I need to do this here. You need to do this here. And they're going to split up and one of them's going to die. Something like that. Do you think it's a uh, last battle or pre last battle? I think it's pre last battle. Okay. Um, do you think like a uh, rebel tower takes the white tower sort of thing? Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know. Okay. That's, it's that's too a, early to say. We've an, only gotten, like, yeah. the little tiny, like, they've been Johnny Appleseed. Just, we've just gotten the little exactly. tiny, like, beep, beep, Exactly. Beep. All, all I do know is, and this is more of an outside perspective than, like, an in-the-world perspective, I think it's much more interesting to give the viewing of one of these people will die if they're apart and actually follow through on that rather than have them stay together for the whole series and them not dying and saying, like, see, I was correct still. I, I yeah. think it's much more dramatic to fulfill that promise to the audience. Oh, yeah. So, and Min always says her viewings are correct. Exactly. So, And, and if I were to, like, coin flip it, I think it's going to be Gareth. I don't think okay. it's going to be Swan. I think especially Swan's character development right now. She has far to go. Oh, she can lie. She doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah. Like, literally, this, it's our first introduction as an audience member to a person who's been stilled. Yeah. Through their perspective. Because, like, we've had Loghain, but I don't think we've had a perspective on we him. We haven't yet. had Loghain's uh, POV yet. So this is our first person who's been yeah, stilled. Yeah, really into that... Um, into the dynamic of what it means to be stilled and how there is this weird, not stigma, because it's not like, but it is this, like, we didn't think it would happen. Exactly. And and I think, like, as far as, like, the White Cloaks versus Aes Sedai, the White Cloaks you can kind of replace. And the Aes Sedai, like, there's a lot more personality with the yeah. persons, you know? Speaking of White Cloaks, they do mention that the White Cloaks are kind of nearby. Do you think there's going to be a... Uh, Battle like a showdown. Yeah. No, I think there's gonna be a weird alliance. I think like the okay. White Cloaks and like this exiled group of Aes Sedai are going to join forces. Like there's a common enemy now. Right. It's it's the quote unquote real Aes Sedai. Yeah. You know, these are the people that are going for power. These are the people that you need to worry about in twenty years. You don't need to worry about us. Yeah. They're against us. Interesting. If okay. they take us out, you think they're not gonna just yeah. take you out? Do you think parents there too? Maybe, like, do you think there's going to be a planning siege of the tower? Well, you've said Egwene is going to lead a charge. Do you, like, in the past, do you think Egwene maybe becomes Omerlin? And in that way, like, in a sense of, like, maybe she is the uh, Omerlin of the Rebel Tower, mm -hmm. leads, like, Loghain, Swan, Perrin, White Cloaks against Elida? Yeah, you know, I, I think the new tower is a complication, and yes. I think the white force needs to remove them to fight the dark force. So, yeah, I definitely see it. Do you think there's anything to Matt and his... Because now you know... Oh, is like battle mastery and Well, no, what or... the daughter of the nine moons... Oh, that... Do you think that maybe there's something there? Like, maybe Matt... Well, because when you think about it, we have Egyanin. And Egyanin seems a little like, Ooh, I did some bad shit. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe... Matt is with aligned with the Shan Chan, but not in the way that we think it would be. I think the Shan Chan have their own bit of story that we haven't seen yet right. that we are going to see, and it's going to make a lot more sense of why they do what they do or whatever. And Matt's going to get wrapped up in that. I don't think they're right, but again, these are big IDK. There's a lot more information that I'm just not privy to at this moment. Yeah, um, I could definitely see a fight between the new tower and anyone else, and I do think Egwene would be uh, a part of that equation, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that chapter ends with uh, Gareth Brynn coming and essentially saying, you know what? Yes. Gareth Brynn going, fine, you know what? I will help you guys out, but on my conditions. 
he, you know, rare for a man to tell the Aes Sedai what he wants and how he's going to get it. He gets it. And Gareth Bryn, I don't like this shit, but he says, oh, but I want Swan and Leanne and Min. They have to kind of like fulfill their oaths to me. And I, it's the, it's some stupid shit. But Min ends up having to do uh, Gareth Bryn's laundry. That's right. And we skip. Then the uh, chapter ends, and we get to chapter 29, Memories of Saldea, with the Ravens chapter icon. Interesting chapter icon. So, did you expect uh, Haddon Kadir to be a dark friend? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like like not not a it it was like one of those like I wasn't thinking of it, but I wasn't surprised by it. If that makes that's sense, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I love how in this chapter he's like, yeah, no idea where uh, Kylie is, <laughs> and Jason. I'm like, oh, so he thinks he the Forsaken are just dark friends. Uh huh. And he's like, also like, yeah, Kylie's gone, but Lanfear's just been here. He doesn't make that connection of like. Maybe kind there's a, yeah. a reason. It, it, it was a an illuminating piece of it. Again, like, there was a bit of a, like, snap my fingers, like, of course. It didn't surprise me. Uh, I was, what was it? I was, I was shocked, but not surprised. Yeah. yeah. You know what wouldn't surprise me about this whole thing? If we never saw Denise Richards again. <laughs> um, no, but this is a chapter that, a little disturbing, yeah. Oh, so yeah. we get oh, um, so yes. Hadnan Kadir is ominously twirling a uh, handkerchief in his hands, which is it, important for when we get to. It's that Mickey Mouse and the oh, this will be a tool that'll help us later. So he's just vibing, thinking. Asandra comes in and she's been through it. Um, she has been fucking Asmodian, um, in the hopes of getting any information about Rand because. Lanfear's like, tell me everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. And she says, yeah, I can't get into Rand's tent. Avienda is in there. Mm -hmm. And she got caught and Avienda and other Aiel women... punished. Yeah, she got all her hair shaved off. Like, yeah. her head hair. So, Haddon Kadir's like, okay, girl, well, you need to, like, work a little harder. And she got, like, brushed with nettles, so I guess her skin is really irritated. And she just... She is just had a bad day, and it gets even worse when Haddon Kadir kills her by strangling her to death, saying, yeah, this reminds me of my sister when she found out I was a dark friend, and I'm like, weird connection, but cool, dude. It was a little bit, uh, that part was like a little superfluous in my opinion, just because it was like, I'm evil, do you get it? It, it didn't feel like a laid out piece of history. It was like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. I, I, I get it. Haddon and Kadir, bad yeah. guy. Okay. <laughs> and even more when he like hums the lullaby his sister taught That's him right. as he's cutting up Asandra's body. I'm like, right. He oh. just remembers like her body. Yeah. I'm like, smart Dexter. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't, again, like shocked, not surprised. Okay. I, I knew we had dark friends around here. I was just wondering who they were, and it was kind of like, hmm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Do you think Haddon Kadir is going to be, like, a main player? Uh, or not main player, but kind of, like, someone feeding Lanfear information. Right. I mean, like, for as long as he lives, yeah. I don't see, oh. him, I don't see him going the distance, if that makes sense. Do you think he's uh, staying till like, Lord of Chaos or something like that? Yeah, I think... Or do I, you think he's dying with Rand? Like, that whole... 
maybe the Rand camp is... I, I think he's got, like, one or two more books to live. All right. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it. Cool. So, um, we are going to end this episode with Chapter 30, A Wager. The chapter icon is the Dragon Banner. So, Rand is... Um, they're a little bit further into Kyrie, and he's vibing. And... Um, He's kind of like, oh, maybe it would be nice if it rained. Semarog was always good at rain. Why do I know that? And it's like, that's the loose there, buddy. Um, Soriella comes up and is just talking to Rand. She says, we were gambling and all the things came up as sixes. And Rand kind of remarks about how Taviran has been kind of coming into play lately. And so... Um, We get a couple of Tyran lords. A couple of them were with Matt in the tavern in the prologue of uh, Shadow Rising. And a couple of Kyrianan lords. And they essentially say Kuladin has been fucking shit up. And Rand says, alright, let's do something about that. So Rand says, okay, let's send the scouting party. And the chapter title comes from Rand makes a bet with the Tyran lords. And Sulin jumps in and goes like, oh fuck yeah, we're in on this. And explains that because Rand is Karakarn, he gets a tenth of the fifth that the Aiel sack. It says, you're good, buddy. There's no sleeping with the fishes in case you fail. So we're kind of left with um, sort of mounting tension on sort of all sides. Except really Elaine and Tom in that arc. Right. We have the growing political maneuvers of the Rebel Aes Sedai. We have... Kooladin and uh, Rand. and So, do you think the confrontation between Kooladin and Rand is coming soon? Yeah, uh, coming in this book? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I think it's going to come to head in either our next one to maybe two episodes of this podcast. Because, uh, uh, again, like I think the way I've kind of divvied it up is like light, dark, complication. Yes. I think Rand is representing the light, the dark is being represented by that last Trolloc attack we saw, and then the complication is the Shido. Yeah. I think the Shido are going to be, you know, a bit of a uh, utility used by the dark forces. And whether that's being, like, bolstered or as a distraction, I don't know. Yeah. I do think it's interesting, though, that just phonetically, Shido sounds a lot close to Shadow. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything there, but it is an observation I've made. No, it's a nice observation. Maybe something, probably nothing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we're going to have a showdown. All right, cool. So um, we have come to the end of this episode. Um, we made it. Yeah, we did Good that. Good work. Good work. We want to thank you all for coming out and listening to us as we are a little toasty, a little vibing. Um, if you're listening to the very clean very pretty version of this podcast if you want a little bit more of the live version come join our discord server it is in the link in our twitter bio and our instagram bio um eric where can they find us yeah you can find us at loyal underscore s on twitter you can find us there at the same uh uh i, I called it i almost called it an address damn we're both handle uh, handle that's what they're called on instagram uh and you can join our discord all that information is in both of those bios yeah and we got some fun things coming up i think we could tell them now we're gonna yeah. finish up uh fires of heaven in a couple weeks and then we're gonna be discussing at the end of february 
the first Dresden Files book, uh, Stormfront, which is going to be very exciting, and uh, our one-year anniversary is coming up. So we got something really fun planned, I think. What's... Uh, February 22nd. February 22nd. And what is the first year anniversary? What, what, February 22nd. What, what, what gift is that? I got, I got to look it up now. Uh, sorry. A vamp for me. Um, 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 paper. Paper. The All gift right. is paper. So we have to give the gift of paper to us, to the audience. But again, thank you all so much for coming out. We love that you've been with us this whole time. May you always walk in the light. And may you always find water and shade. And we'll see you next week.